he puts them in a conundrum with their own phrase. They say there is no absolute truth. My first problem with this statement is, if there is no absolute truth, then how can I believe you? Did you catch it? Did you catch it? Don't you tell me there's no absolute truth, but you want me to believe that. You get it, Brother Sam? They want me to believe there's no absolute truth, but the very phrase itself tells me that there's no truth that I could believe. You see the conundrum that God put them in with their foolishness? Amen, amen. I got my phone today. I'm going to better set my time today, y'all. Hallelujah. But we got time today, like them children say. We're going we gonna to get into it. Amen. And so before we begin, amen, in our text, remember we've been doing what's called a holy hypocrisy moment, amen, and we're just talking about uh, hypocrisy when, hallelujah, you're acting like you're doing one thing and you're not doing it at all. And so we talked about, amen, America's hypocrisy last week, and so let's talk about the hypocrisy in the black community for a moment, amen, because as Hebrews, we can be some hypocritical people. And one of the biggest places of hypocrisy that I see in the black race that's happening right now, amen, is this. Why are Hebrews so concerned with police shootings when they are killing their babies through abortion by the millions? Why are we acting like black lives matter if we ain't standing up for the black lives and the wounded? We act like we're so concerned when they're shooting in Abbeville and shooting in this and shooting in that. Even black on black crime, we act like we're so concerned. But why are we not concerned about them babies that's in the womb? Let's put the numbers on it. And those that was in Dallas, you remember what I'm talking about. Sound boot, I'm going to move quickly, so please keep up. Or we're going to get your name after service, who you was working at. Make sure. Amen, that you're working right the next time. It's estimated that 19 million black babies were aborted since 1973, all right? And I brought that in Dallas, and so that number is higher now, 19 million. We're only 40 million in America now, estimate. So that's almost half our number that's been killed on the abortion table. We could be 60 million more. That's so much more money. So much more ingenuity, so many more lawyers, doctors, presidents, prime ministers. But they're being killed in the womb. When we break that down, it's almost 1,000 black babies are aborted in a single day. In a single day. And there are some in this room, amen, who was tricked by propaganda to feel that it was okay. And you did that. I'm not here to condemn you. Even that is under the blood of Jesus. Come on, give God some glory. You've been forgiven, but now that you know better, do better. And not only do better, but tell others to do better. Don't let them tread the same waters that you tread. We need to know that abortion is the number one killer in the black community. In the black community. There's a slide for that. Number one killer in the black community. It's not diabetes, it's not uh, heart disease, it's, it's not even accidents. In fact, you can combine all of those on a yearly basis and it wouldn't total the number of black babies that's killed, amen, uh, in a year, all right? And that 259 is a low estimate, 
Like I said, it's more like 365. It's like a thousand a day. But heart disease, they make a big deal of it. Cancer, they make a big deal about it. Diabetes, even us killing each other, homicides, HIV, all of that combined don't hit the number of black people that's being killed with abortion. And there's rumors out there that babies in the womb are not real people. But what does God say about that? What does God say about that? In Jeremiah 1.5, he said, Before I formed thee in the belly, in the womb. He says, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, watch this, the baby is in the womb, but before they come out, God says, I already sanctified thee. I've already ordained thee, ordained thee, or what? A prophet unto the nations. So is that a person in the womb? Oh, yes, it is. God already given them a name, a gift, and ordained what they're going to be doing in life. And you telling me that's not a person? That's a person. And what we find is, is that the decree on earth to kill the babies is always during instrumental times, especially when it's come to the Hebrews. Right before Moses was born, Pharaoh issued out the decree, kill the babies. And right before Yahshua was born into the world, Herod issued out the decree, what? Kill the babies. I have a sneaky suspicion that whenever God is about to do something great in the Hebrews, there is an overemphasis from the world, from Satan, to kill the babies. Every time we turn on our news, all we're hearing about abortion, the right of choice, the right of somebody to do what they got to do with their bodies. How hypocritical. How I got the right to choose to do with my body, huh? But during the vaccine, I had to put the jab in my arms or I was going to lose my job. So it's not really about giving me a choice because you'll take that choice away from me when it's convenient for you. It's about something else. It's about killing them babies so we won't have no more great prophets. I wonder how many prophets we've killed. How many Moseses we've slaughtered. And if you watch the news, amen, something is going on in that Ashkenazi news. It's propaganda. Minister Bryce, I heard you touching on it in Dallas. I saw the clip. Come on, give God some glory for that, amen. In the spirit. In the spirit. Huh? Uh, in the spirit of propaganda. What you mean, Pastor? Listen, they're not tracking popular opinion. They are turning popular opinion. They're not tracking actually how the population feels about abortion, by the news and the solicitations. They're turning popular opinion towards abortion. How? By the most extreme stories. They coming up in there and they saying, hey, God, hallelujah. Israel, can you just keep going? That was so beautiful to me. It's gonna, you might get me out of here quicker if you do. It, you see, well, I was. They, they, they turn in popular opinion by the most extreme cases. They say we need abortion because this 11-year-old girl was. We need abortion because this mama was going to die. Those are the extreme cases. Those are three to five out of a hundred cases. Anybody with sense knows you don't make a law for a hundred percent for the three to five percent. 
You don't make a law for that. Because the other 97 only doing it because, of, because pregnancy wasn't convenient for them. You don't kill 97 babies because three of them had a good reason. That's not leadership. That's foolery. That's propaganda. So we watch in CNN and we, yeah, abortion. Negro, you don't even know what you're saying, yeah, for. You just got played. You just been brainwashed. And you complicit in the killing of God's people. It's propaganda. Let me remind you where Planned Parenthood comes from. Let me let you do your history research and look at the woman who started Planned Parenthood and what she said, hallelujah, when she started Planned Parenthood. We don't want the word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. It was meant to kill you. To kill your great ones. Don't you dare protest for it. I wonder what's coming in this generation. I wonder why the devil is so scared. I wonder what kind of prophets, priests, kings, and queens he going to raise up in our day from our children that's got him pushing this thing on the news, lying about hallelujah abortion is deciding this election. You a lie. Economics is deciding. Inflation is going to decide the elections. They're just turning the popular opinion. That's the holy hypocrisy moment. Hebrews, black people, stop being a hypocrite. <laughs> Don't you dare act like you care for black lives when you're standing complicit and even voting for the extermination of black lives in the womb. Come on, give y'all some praise up in this place. <laughs> I'm coming out swinging, y'all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Israel. Bless you. In Yahshua, Jesus' name. All right. So let's go, y'all, to John 18, 38. All right. And uh, we're going to get to this word. Amen. We got a lot to cover. And I pray that you uh, hear me out today. Amen. I'm full, as you can tell. And uh, hallelujah, we're going to talk about some stuff today. And, and I want you to keep in mind what we just talked about, even as we talk about, amen, the word for today. The title of this message is, What is Truth? What is Truth? And we're literally just coming from verse 38, but I guess just for sake of time, let's go ahead and read verses 37 and 38 instead of reading the whole thing, because we do have communion, amen, before this service is over. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king? You know? Uh, uh, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause I came into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth, Hear my voice. Pilate said unto him, What 
is true. And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find no fault in him. I find in him no fault at all. Father, bless your word in Jesus' name. Saints of God, last time we were here, we were talking about, amen, Yahshua being in the courts, amen, of the Romans. We talked about Pilate's judgment hall. We talked about holy hypocrisy. And we've talked about the king of the Jews. This morning, we get to our fourth point, and it says, what is truth? We live in a world right now that don't really know what truth is. And that's why we're making the wrong decisions on abortion. And listen, by no stretch of imagination, I'm here to condemn anybody in this place. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we thank God that God sent us a Savior in Jesus Christ to die for those sins. You're not going to hell because you made a mistake of aborting or any other sin, especially if you've committed your life to Christ. You are under the blood. You're forgiven. Don't be hard on yourself, but be mad at the world that we live in and the devil that's running around convincing people that wrong is right and right is wrong. We're living in a world where it's just like Pilate said, what is truth. You find it with your friends, your family, the schools you go to, on the job. Nobody really knows what's right or wrong anymore. And so we're going to discuss truth today. Because as we should see, amen, God left the church to be the pillar and the ground of truth. Meaning that wherever you are in the world, if you want to find truth until Yahshua returns, you should always go back to God's house because that's where truth will be. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. And we holding on to it at Philadelphia and we never going to let it go. Don't matter if it's popular, unpopular, whether the TV preached something else or not. No, 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 no. We always going to hold on, Miss Lou to the truth. Come on, give y'all some praise up in him. Hallelujah. And the truth hurts. The truth hurts you. But it also sets you free. <laughs> so let's talk about it, alright? And so to get down to the essence of what truth is, we're going to have several points. Amen. And I'm not going to tell you how many and we're not going to get into them beforehand. We're just going to have several of them. A few of them. No, more than a few. We're going to have several of them. Alright? But I'm going to move quickly. With the help of God. First point to discuss truth and where we are. We're going to have to go back to where we've been. Let's talk about the history of truth. The history of truth. And we're going to get deep. We're going to get philosophical here for a moment. Some are going to catch it right up in here right fast. Others are going to have to go back and listen. It's all good. It's all good. We're going to teach for everybody in here. The history of truth can be looked at through three different historical phases that truth went through. All right. From the very beginning to about the 1600s, truth went through what's called pre-modernism. Pre-modernism. Amen. Come on, Sambu, keep up with me. Pre-modernism. All right. They're going to have to see that word up there. Amen. Hallelujah. It's from the past to the 1600s. Hallelujah. Oh, they're way behind. 
They're way behind. Hallelujah. Pre-modernism. Say that with me, saints. Pre-modernism. All right, they're going to get it up there. It represents the past to about the 1600s. All right? What did pre-modernism say? All right? I got to shake it off and just monitor what I'm doing up here. I can't do everybody's job, huh? I got to do my job up here. Okay, so pre-modernism says this. Truth can only be known by divine revelation. That's what pre-modernism was. So in the past, up until the 1600s, humanity felt that the only way you're going to get truth is through divine revelation. That truth didn't start in us. It had to be given. All right? And as the Hebrews and as the people of God, we believe that if truth was divinely given, then God was the only one that can give truth. That's how the world started, that God would give truth. That was called pre-modernism, all right? Now, in the case of the Gentiles, the Gentiles didn't believe in the real and actual God of the Bible. So their truth came from their false gods, their deities, Jupiter and Zeus and Poseidon, huh? Neptune. That's where their truth came from, about the world. They understood the world and everything they saw through their mythology and false religion. But once again, truth didn't derive from them. Truth came from a third party. Truth came from divine revelation. So that's what's called pre-modernism, all right, for our philosophers out there. Then truth went through another phase. It's a phase, actually, that we are just leaving now. Truth went from pre-modernism to modernism. Say that with me, modernism. And, and, and the word modern is the part of that. I know you can't see it spelled, but it's modern in ism, all right? Uh, uh, that modernism was from the 1600s to the 1990s, all right? We just leave in modernism. The 1600s to the 1990s, all right? And what's modernism, Pastor? Well, modernism, amen, uh, as it relates to truth, says that, hallelujah, man determines what's true. All right? So pre-modernism was, truth came from divine revelation. That's pre-modernism. Modernism says, no, nah, truth don't come from nothing, no third party. We going to determine what's truth. All right? Now, those that, that love uh, the classical literature and love, amen, history, uh, certain time periods uh, were in the modernist period, time periods you heard of called the Age of Enlightenment. You heard of that? That's when man was enlightened. He saw the world through his own eyes and not through God's eyes, all right? Uh, the Age of Reason, all right? Uh, uh, we're going to use logic and reason and the scientific method to determine what's true. If we can't logically deduce what happened, if we can't figure it out, if we can't put a scientific method and reproduce it, then it can't be true. It's only true if we could figure it out. It's only true if we could put a scientific method, do it again and prove it. And it's only true if we can reason in ourselves, hallelujah, in our minds, all right? 
Another word for this modernism, uh, another uh, uh, age is the age of, of renaissance. Y'all heard that word before? Renaissance. Say that with me. Renaissance. So you got the age of enlightenment, the age of reason. You got the renaissance of man. See, we use that word all the time, but we don't know what that is. The word renaissance means rebirth. All right. See, they understood that man was born in the garden. And he knew that there was a God. But Renaissance said, no, 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 we're going to actually rebrand man and rebirth man. Man is going to change. We're going to be enlightened now. We're going to be logical now. We're going to use our brain now, our mind now. We're going to use science now. So in pre-modernism, truth came from a, a, a divine being. In modernism, truth comes from man. The problem with modernism is this. Now listen, it only ended in the 1990s. It's from the 1600s to the 1990s. The problem with modernism is this. If man could not understand it, then to him, it wasn't true. The problem with that is God's ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are actually higher than our thoughts. His power can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could hope, ask, or even what? Imagine. So our Bible would tell us that there's some things about God that we never going to understand. And that's why it's in this period of modernity, of modernism, where the atheist was born. Because he couldn't wrap his logic around God. He couldn't reason God. He wasn't, he wasn't, hallelujah, he, he, hallelujah, he couldn't figure out God and prove God in a scientific method. So the atheist was born. And not only was the atheist born, because the atheist said, I can't see him, I can't experience him, he must not be there. All right? No, he's just that much bigger than you. All right? All right? Not only was the atheist born, but the practical atheist was born. Well, Pastor, what's the practical atheist? People that's in church, but still don't believe God. They don't believe God. Because in their hearts is this age of enlightenment. In their hearts is this age of reason. In, this, in their hearts is a renaissance. In their hearts is modernism. If I can't prove it, then it don't exist. That's why they can't believe the book of Jonah. That a fish would swallow a man and spit him up on shore. That's why they can't believe the flood. That's why they can't believe when he fed 5,000 people. That's why they can't believe when Moses, hallelujah, opened up the Red Sea. That's why they can't believe God raining bread from heaven. Because they can't prove it. They've never seen it before. And their own logic, their own reason has captured them. Huh? In lies of atheism. In practical everyday life. And we got some people in the church that's practical atheists. Whenever you hear of miracles, something in you turn off. Whenever you hear of God doing, amen, something supernatural, you turn yourself off. The Bible you read, you only believe a third of it. Because the rest you can't. And the reason you can't is because of your pride. You're thinking because you can't figure it out and you can't prove it that it can't be true. Baby, you ain't, you don't know what kind of God we serve. 
My God, there's miracles that happen every day out of the realm of reality. Huh? I've seen it with my own eyes. You know what I'm saying? So this modernism, y'all, this modernism. And guess what? That was from the 1600s to the 1990s. So, so, so pre-modernism, huh? it come from divine truth. Modernism, huh? Huh? Uh, 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 oh, we, we back on track. Modernism, huh? Uh, uh, truth is, is developed from man. Man gonna tell other people what's true. And, and, and for a lot of us, we still there. We still there. We wait for somebody to tell us the truth before we believe it. We wait until Mr. Charlie said, that's true. We wait until the media, the news say that's true. Then we say, that's true. You see, we need to get in line, especially the Hebrews, with our God. When God says something is true, that's when it's true. All right? Let God be true and every man what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the way it is. And you know that modernism is wrong. We're getting philosophical. If y'all could swim with me, y'all still swimming with me? We talk about pre-modernism. We talk about modernism. Now we're going to talk about, and you thought modernism was bad? We're going to talk about where we are right now, which is the worst. This is called postmodernism. Postmodernism. All right? Pre-modernism and postmodernism. Modern, postmodernism is, is from the 1990s to the present time, is where we are right now. Postmodernism says, hallelujah, all right, that truth does not really even exist. It don't exist. One of them say truth come from divine revelation. The other one say truth come from us. Where we are now, they're saying, Frank, and you know, truth don't even exists. And if it exists, it is unknowable. That's a lie from Satan. So what postmodernism teaches, and you watch these phrases, baby, live your truth. Live your truth. If it's true for you, then it's true. If it works for you, then it's true. If it feels good, if it feels right, then it must be right. It must be true. That, that's the world we living in. In postmodernism, it's all about my truth and your truth. But what is truth? Because two people could be looking at one issue and have two different opinions. In the world we live in, they're saying everybody is right. But no, that's not the way the world works. Everybody can't be right. There is truth. That's why they don't like math so much. Because math is, 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 it's got to be a truth. One plus one equals what? And that's true. And no matter how you turn it, no matter how you, it, it, truth is there. All right? But the world that we live in, amen, look at the saying. This is the saying, hallelujah. Truth, uh, there is no absolute truth. You got to put that up, that sound booth. That's, that's the phrase. That's the catchphrase of uh, 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 postmodernism. Uh, it says, hallelujah, there is no absolute truth. I hope y'all not frozen again. Come on, put that one up there. Put that one up there. Hallelujah. Boy, the devil fighting me hard on this one. Freezing up our computer. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Preach to the world. Thank you. Woo. So this is what they're saying. There is no absolute truth. Now watch, watch, watch me play a logical game with this phrase. Watch me play a logical game with this phrase. Put your mind on it. You might have to listen to it twice, but put your good mind on it. All right? Not your bad one, your good one. They say there is no absolute truth. But, but God, God takes the wisdom of men and makes it look like foolishness. All right? Because to God, the wisdom of men is foolishness. He puts them in a conundrum with their own phrase. They say there is no absolute truth. My first problem with this statement is, if there is no absolute truth, then how can I believe you? Did you catch it? Did you catch it? Don't you tell me there's no absolute truth, but you want me to believe that. You get it, Brother Sam? They want me to believe there's no absolute truth, but the very phrase itself tells me that there's no truth that I could believe. You see the conundrum that God put them in with their foolishness? Now this one is going to be deeper. My second argument against this, phrase, there is no absolute truth. All right. If this statement is right, that there is no absolute truth, then the statement itself becomes an absolute truth. The statement says there's no absolute truth. They're saying that there's nothing that's true. But if I could subscribe and say that's true, then the statement itself becomes absolute truth. If the statement is absolute truth, then the statement itself proves that there is absolute. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this? I'll bust your head. I'll pow, you, you leave flat. Oh, God. The very statement negates itself. And you might have to go back and listen to it again, but that's okay. Thank you, Lord. You see what I'm saying? So postmodernists, huh, in the age that we're in right here, this no truth has caused plenty of problems in our society. Because every single person is walking around saying, I'm going to do what's true for me. And so there's some different areas in which it's caused problems. And we can go on for days, and you could think of some areas. And let's, let's just say, in marriage... It's caused problems because there's no truth. Whether to marry or not, there's no truth. So they stay single, they shack up. I see billboards, shack up and conserve energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? What? What is that? You know what I'm saying, Bordo? Like, what is that? But there is no truth. To them, there's nothing wrong with, with fornication or, or living with somebody and not being married. There's, there's no truth. And because of that, we got, we got single parenthood just exploding everywhere around us. And we got more babies now being born to single parents than the way God designed it for the two-parent home. Anybody hear me up in here? There's no truth whether to marry or not. There's not even truth whether to stay married. 
Because once folks get married, hey, hey, listen, man, listen, when, 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 when you reach their limit, man, I'm done with that. Done with that? What about truth? What about what God says when you can be done with a marriage? Don't you dare walk out on somebody and you never even check with God's truth. But this post-modernization, baby, I do what I want. Really? And you don't think that somebody's going to check with you later about that. So there's no truth in marriage. And so we see the results of that. The divorce rate just out of the And sexuality, which I don't say that word too much, but I want to be plain. Can I be real with y'all? All right? There's no truth in sexuality. What you mean? Premarital, extramarital. Oh, the world we live in today, baby, they don't care what's going on. They let they turn the children all the way loose. And and and, and they don't have no sense of truth. So we got children, huh? That done been with, with, been with more partners by the time they get married. Huh? God. And that don't make for healthy relationships in marriage. In sexuality, they say, what is true? Not only premarital, but extramarital. You in marriage already, but what is true? It's nothing to tell me I got to be faithful. Nothing to tell me I can't have me a little woogie on the side. Huh? If there's no truth. Well, that's how the world living. And these, back in the day, amen, our parents, they, it was just the men living like that, baby. The women standing up to what is true. <laughs> if it's good for the gander, it's good for the... You better have some truth in your house. You better have some truth in your marriage, some truth in your sexuality. Meaning we only lay with people we married with. And not only that, truth in sexuality means, huh? Listen, they say, what is truth? They, they say, well, we could be homosexual. That's what I feel like doing, they say. That's my truth. You see what we live in there? What is true? What, 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 the world, you could be homosexual. You could be heterosexual. You could be bisexual. Tri. Trans. Pan. I don't know. Non-binary. They got all kinds of words out here. Meaning is how you wake up, how you wake up. You get it how you feel. You know, like, I'm telling you, kid, they're doing it all. But my question, like Pilate said, what is true? Where is God in all this? That's the postmodernist age that we're living in. It's whatever goes. Every man was doing right in his This issue on abortion, huh? This issue on abortion, moving too fast, son, Boone. This issue of abortion, huh? What's right? What's right? Is, is, is the news right? Getting y'all Democrats riled up? Is Sleepy Joe right? 
Is Kamala right about it? And do we believe them more than our God? What is truth in this area of abortion? Raising our children, you hear it all the time. They say, well, nobody ever wrote a book upon it. You lie. Yes, somebody wrote a book about it. God wrote a book about how to raise your children. How to train them up in the way they should go so when they get old, they won't want to depart from it. How to not spare the ride unless you what? Spoil your child. But, but we're not doing what God said. And we wonder why we don't get the results that God said we're going to get. When was the last time you passed someone? And I'm not talking about a right or a left. I'm talking about a ride. And don't you go rip no 20 year old. I'm talking about the ones that's under, under 14, 15. What is truth in this area? Huh? Other topics would be creation and how man came into being. What is truth in creation? Is it evolution? Is it the Big Bang? Cosmology, how the universe look. What is truth? Is it a ball spinning 10,000 miles an hour? What is truth? Salvation. Is it any religion? Is it any way? Do all roads lead to heaven? Because that's what they believe in out there. But like Pilate said, what's our question, huh? What is true? So y'all, that's the history and the status quo of truth. The history where we come from, the status quo, that's a big word just to mean the present, the current times. The history to the status quo of where we are in this journey of truth. And let's look at our second point. Let's talk about God and truth. Let's talk about, we've seen man's relationship with truth. Let's talk about God's relationship with truth. Huh? What you told me, preach to the what? To the world. Because the world don't know what truth is. The world don't know what truth is. The church got to be anchored back into truth. So how you think the world doing, Minister Frank? How you think the world doing? Deacon Carl, look at it, all right? Let's talk about God. While the world says there's no truth, God definitely, through his word, makes his relationship with truth known. The Bible actually calls him the God of truth. In Psalm 31, verse 5, David says, Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. How can he be called the God of truth when man in our current day says there is no truth? Somebody has to be lying. All right. The Bible says that our God is so much a God of truth that it is actually impossible for him to lie. Hebrews 618 6, says, talking about Abraham, how God swore, hallelujah, to by, that, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. He is so much a God of truth. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. There is no lie that proceeds out of him. There is no darkness, no variableness, no shadow of turning. He is the God 
of truth. Come on, give y'all some praise up in this place. We can break it on down further. Every part of the Godhead is equated with truth. What's the Godhead? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is truth. John 8, 26, Jesus says, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. The Father is true. The Son is also truth. Amen. John 1, 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, Jesus. He was full of grace and truth. All right. Uh, John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the what? The truth and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Now, Jesus is saying not only that there is a truth, but that he is what? The truth. That's right. But our world says there's no truth. How can Jesus be the truth if there's no truth? Somebody's lying. Somebody's lying. And I'm here to tell you it's not Jesus. <laughs> there is no truth, they say. The Holy Spirit is also the spirit of truth. John 15, 26, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. John 16, 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth come, he will guide you into what? All truth. How can he guide me into all truth if there's no truth? Whatever you do for you is right, and whatever I do for me is right. How can he guide me into all truth? Huh? Huh? Somebody's lying. The Godhead is all about truth. Let's just talk about truth for a second. Let's talk about God's word and truth. All right? So we talked about God and his relationship with truth. Let's talk about God's word and truth. All right? The Bible teaches us that God's word is the truth. John 17, 17 tells us clearly, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. But here they are telling us there is no truth. When God is saying, you want truth? Here it is. 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 Think about it deeply. Think about it deeply. And this first little point before this, I told you that God is truth. All right? So truth is not just a concept. Truth is a person. <laughs> truth is a person. God, the Godhead, is truth. Meaning that all truth comes from him. He's not a truth. He's the truth. All truth comes from him. All right? Then he comes back and he tells us truth is not only a person, but I wrote it all down for you. Truth is in the word. And the word is not a truth. The word is the truth. All right. All right. All right. Look at hallelujah. Psalm 119, 160 says, thy word is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endured forever. 2 Timothy 2.15. Look what it says. Study to show thyself approved unto God. 
a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the what? The word of truth. The word is truth. And because the word is truth, we got to study it before we teach it. Because if we don't study before we teach it, we will never divide it rightly. When the Bible says that there's a right way to divide the word, it is inferring to us that there is also a wrong way to divide the word. I do not like people who teach in Bible studies that say, what does this word mean to you? Because that's not the question we should be asking. The question we should be asking is, what is God trying to say in this word? That's the way to rightly divide the word of truth. God is truth, and his word is truth. Before anybody get up and begin to break down his word, you better study so that you can rightly divide this word of truth. Come on, give y'all some praise up in this place. Pilate asks, what is truth? The time we're living in says that there is no truth. But God says he's a God of truth. And his Bible is truth. And let's talk about the gospel and truth. The gospel and truth. You see, the word is truth, but there is a most important part of this word. All right? In this whole book, there is one part that is most important to us. It's not the information about us being the Hebrews. It's not the Old Testament. It's not the New Testament. The most important part of this book, in fact, if we had to sit down and you would ask me, teach me the most important part of the Bible, we only have five minutes, the plane is about to go down, the house is on fire, what part would Pastor Omar teach you of the Bible if we only had five minutes? I would teach you the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I would not stop the fires to say, listen, do you know you're a Hebrew? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't teach you about tithe and I wouldn't teach you about raising your children. All those things are important. But the most important, the hallmark, the capstone, the crown of all scripture is that one thing that we call the gospel. What is the gospel? The part of our Bible that tells us that we are all sinners. We all sinners. And our sins have separated us from a holy God. And because our sins have separated us, it is impossible for us when we die to go in heaven to be with that holy God because God and sin don't mix. He is of purer eyes than to even behold iniquity. And because God and sin don't mix, therefore follows the wages of sin is death. The only place for us full of sin if we can't go to heaven, the only place that's reserved for us is hell. That's the bad news. But the gospel not only has bad news, it also has good news. Woo! That though we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, God looked down and sent us a savior. A savior by the name of Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ who lived the perfect life that we could not live. 
And he died the death that we couldn't die. When he died on that cross, he died as a sacrifice. What does the word sacrifice mean? He died in your place. The truck was coming and he pushed you out the way. The bullet was coming, the shot was aimed at you, and he stepped in front of you. If the wages of sin is death, then when death was coming in with the spear, Jesus stepped in and said, put it right here. I'm going to take one for the team. So we sinners, we deserve death, but the good news of the gospel is Jesus paid it all. He died on my behalf. That's what sacrifice means. You on the altar, they take you off, and they put a lamb in your place. When John saw him, John said, Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He is my sacrifice, my substitute, my atonement, my propitiation. He died for me through a vicarious death that pays for all in my place. That is the glorious gospel. And that is the most important part of our Bible. And if you know the gospel well enough, this gospel is preached from Genesis all the way to Revelation because it's the one thing that God wants you to get. It is the most important thing that God wants you to get. And if you don't get it, you ain't got nothing. You can know this whole Bible like Satan from front to back. But if you don't get this gospel, you don't know anything. Anybody hear me up in here? And when we understand the facts of this gospel, how he died for us, our response has to be hallelujah, but it also must be a response of belief and repentance. We repent and we say, God, we sorry that we ratchet. We sorry that whenever, hallelujah, how whenever we try to do good, evil is always present. We sorry that we was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. We so sorry that you had to come and bleed and die. We wish that you never had to do something like that, but we mighty glad that you did. We not only repent, we believe. We believe with all of our hearts in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Son of God, just like the Bible says. Unless you believe it with all your heart, then you have not received it yet. The belief is instrumental. The belief is essential to salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, whosoever believes in him, not whosoever lived better than a drug dealer across the street, not whosoever becomes a nun, not whosoever, hallelujah, uh, 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 gives food to the poor. Not whosoever works works of righteousness. No, this is salvation. You've been doing it wrong. You've been trying to earn your way to heaven when all God wants you to do is believe your way to heaven. <laughs> whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. When I first got that revelation, when I was sitting in my car, I'd been going to church all my life, trying to earn the love of God. When I got this information, God said, you ain't got to earn this. I already love you. I just want you to trust me. I just want you to believe me. I just want you to 100% depend on me and stop depending on yourself. I want you to fall back into my arms. 
I want you to see my hand. You trying to climb this mountain. You never going to get up unless you grab hold of somebody greater than you. I need you to let go of the cliff and grab my hand. That's what I need from you. That's what I need from you. Grab my nail scarred hands and trust that if I don't save you, you ain't never going to be saved. And that's the belief. That's the trust. That's the requisite of, of salvation. And that, my friend, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, give him some praise up in here. Give him praise like you've been redeemed. Give him praise like you've been set free. Give him praise like he broke the shackles off your hand. Hallelujah. You have ransomed my life. And I'm never going back. You see, that's the gospel. And not only do we serve a God of truth, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and we have a word of truth, the gospel itself is called the gospel of truth. And if there is no truth, then the gospel is not real. How dare you subscribe to the belief of this age when that belief renders your God neutral, null, and void. It renders his spirit, the son, the father. It renders his word. And it also renders the gospel that saves our soul null and void. It should never come out of your mouth, Christian, that there is no truth. Because it is the truth that ultimately sets us free from the bondage of Satan. My God. Ephesians 1 and 13, just for corroboration right quick, tells us, in whom ye also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth. What word of truth? The gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that, you believe. After you believe this gospel, what happens? You're saved. And you are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You get born again. A change comes over you. Regeneration happens. The things you used to do, you don't do no more. And if you did them, you're not going to feel good about it. <laughs> The places you used to go, you don't want to go no more. And if you do, you're not going to feel good about it. You find yourself waking up on Sundays by yourself, wanting to be in church. Whoever went to church, hey, God, but you want to be there. You want to hear his word. You want to worship with the saints. My friend, you've been born again. The Holy Ghost has sealed you. And it's because you believe the gospel of truth. Come on, give y'all some praise up in this place. So you see, we talked about this world and the history of truth, how we serve a God of truth. His word is truth. His gospel and truth. Now, now let's look at Satan and truth. Because we, we done looked at God. And, 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 and I want you to, to ask yourself, what we know about God and truth, could this be God saying there is no truth? You know that God is a God of truth. His word is word of truth. His gospel is God of truth. So would God ever say, there is no truth? Would God ever say, you do you and she going to do them? Would God ever say that? He wouldn't. Well, let's look at Satan in truth for a second. And let's see where this philosophy really comes from. As we talk about Satan and truth, you got to understand huh, that Jesus talks about Satan. And he knows who Satan is. He said, I beheld him fall like lightning. They've been knowing each other. Huh? John 8, 44, he tells the Pharisees and Sadducees, the false Jews, he says, you are of your father, the devil. 
and the lust of your father you will do. And we're about to give you some things in relation to Satan and truth, but, but, but just don't compartmentalize that and say that only Satan going to act like this, because not only does Satan act like this in relationship to truth, but his children also act like that in relation to the truth. <laughs> you're not only going to better tell who Satan is, you're going to better tell who his children is by how they treat the truth. So Jesus says, your father, the devil, the lust of your father, you're going to do, you're going to act like whoever your daddy is. He was a murderer from the beginning. The murderer from the beginning. So, 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 so make no qualms about it if you don't respect human life. And if you're telling everybody else not to respect human life. And if you're preaching on your TV, don't respect human life. How can we think that that's from God? He was a murderer from the beginning. Think about what we talked about in our holy hypocrisy. Would God ever say that? Would God ever say that? He would never say take a baby life. But a murderer would. God bless the truth. But let's look at this in relation to truth. Jesus is talking about Satan in relation to truth. He says a couple of things. He says four things. He says, number one, he abode not in the truth. That abode means to live, to take up residence, to let it be your subdivision, the city in which you live in. And the Bible says that Satan abode not in truth. He couldn't stay where truth was. See, because heaven is a true place. Because God is a true God. <laughs> And everything about our God is truth. But because Satan, amen, was in truth, amen, he couldn't abode in the truth. He couldn't live in the truth. It was too much truth in heaven for Satan to be there. He had to leave. And there's some people like Satan who can't stay a place where there's too much truth. <laughs> All right? He abode not in the truth. Watch this. Because there is no truth in him. That's the second thing we learn about Satan. There is no truth in him. And this is the reason he couldn't abode in the truth. He couldn't stay living in truth because it disagreed with what was on the inside of him. Whenever truth was present, he had something on the inside saying something different. Same thing with Satan's children. When God said what he said about marriage, when he said what he said about sexuality, when he said what he said about abortion, there's some who, hallelujah, well, there's some that's deceived. They're going to do what the world doing. But then they got others that's putting out the deception. And they put out the deception because they can't be where truth at because the truth is not it's just not in them. They just don't want to do the right thing. And so instead of hallelujah, just hallelujah, uh, 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 oh, God, they want to change the truth for everybody else. That's what they want to do. All right. So Satan, he abode not in the truth. There's no truth in him. The Bible, Jesus goes on. When he speaketh, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a what? A liar. Third thing. He abode not in truth, no truth in him. Satan is a liar, all right? This means that he constantly tells lies. 
the world we live in, does it sound like it's God? Or does it sound like Satan? The fourth thing it tells us, and he is the father of it. What is that saying? It's saying that the devil not only abode, abode not in truth, no truth is in him. He is a liar and he is the father of all lies. All right. And this is why as a believer, you got to stay away from lying. Old preacher used to tell me that every lie that's spoken comes straight from the lips of the devil. And when you lie, he borrowing your lips to put out his message in the earth. There's no white lies. There's no black lies. It's only satanic lies. If God is the truth, then Satan is a liar. If God is where all truth comes from, Satan is where all lies come from. He perpetrated the first lie, huh? and most probably will perpetrate the last one, because every lie comes from him. And this lie that there is no absolute truth is straight from the lips of the devil. If we believe that, we make God the father a liar, we make God the son a liar, and we make Jesus Christ a liar. We just read, Jesus says, I've come to bear witness to the truth. But Satan said there is no truth. It makes Jesus a liar. Jesus said, I'm the way, the what? The truth and the life. The devil says, there is no truth. He's making Jesus a liar. I'm here to tell you that nobody's a liar but the devil himself. <laughs> a couple of more little nuggets for you. Y'all all right out there? We setting some things right. We setting some things right. The way we act, the way we live, the way we honor our marriages, the way we raise our kids, the way we work, whether we have our babies or not, whether we're a man or a woman or both, all of that falls under what's truth. Now God has spoken truth. And we got to act like it. This postmodern world we live in, does it look like God or does it look like Satan? Can we see the effects of there is no truth? Is it the blessings of God? Or is it the chaos of Satan that's going on? And all you got to do is open your eyes and you're going to know for sure huh, whose philosophy is being followed. Let's talk about the loss and truth. All right. And this might be our last little point. Amen. But let's just talk about it. Amen. We getting into it. Y'all still all right? All right. The loss and truth. All right. In John 3.19, look what it says in John 3.19.21. Let's talk about the lost. Now, we talk about Satan. Let's talk about the lost world, the lost man, people who don't really believe in God yet and all this other stuff. John says this. Jesus says this. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, but men love darkness rather than light. They love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil, inconsistent with the truth. Their deeds were evil. 
That's the reason they don't come to the light. That's the reason why they like darkness. Why? Because their deeds are evil. And you got to know that. They're going to come at you with all kinds of arguments. That's not true, and this is not true. I can do what they, I want to do. This is the real issue. Not that they don't agree with truth. They just want to do what they want to do. And that, to me, I, I can't respect that. I can't respect that. I don't like people trying to change the truth. Because they want to do evil. Be a man or a woman about your business. All right? If you're going to do evil, do evil. But don't you call God a liar. Don't you call God a liar. You, go, you be a man about it and say, I'm doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. It ain't right. It's not consistent with truth. All right? All right? And, and, and keep praying for me, and God will deliver me, ransom me, and save me where I am. I'm not going to always be. Hey, God. All right? Say that. Don't come to me and say abortion is right. Don't come to me and say it's right for me to be running all around town uh, 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 while I got a wife. Don't come to me and say that is right. Hallelujah. To be, to be all around town, I got a husband at home. Don't, don't come to me and say that it's all right for me to lay with a man and I'm a man or lay with a woman if I'm a woman. Don't come to me and say that. Be a man or a woman about your business. But don't try to change the truth. Come on, give y'all some praise. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, I'm sorry. I'm a little vexed about it. Don't do that. All right? For everyone that do it evil, they begin to hate the light. Neither come into the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. You know, you do wrong, you do wrong, you do wrong. And you begin to hate the right way. Persecute the right way. But he that do it, watch this, truth. You're doing right. You're doing truth. He coming to the light. That is, these may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. You see? Doing truth make you come to the light. Doing lies and evil make you run from it. You not only run from it, Romans 1.18 says that you suppress it. Romans 1.18, just read with me for a second. We're getting word today. This come out the NLT. It says, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And this is what the world is. They not only want to say that there's no truth, but they want to hide the truth. They want to suppress it. They only teach their lies. They only teach their lies. They're not teaching in the school that God created the heavens and the earth. Huh? No, they're teaching evolution. They ain't pushing to teach uh, 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 faithful marriages in schools. They ain't, teaching, they ain't preaching monogamy. But in the news, it's all about uh, gay and lesbian and, and two dads and this and that. They're giving out their lie, and they're doing what? They're suppressing the truth. And that burns God up. 
If you're going to be evil, be evil. Don't hate, don't change, and do not suppress the truth. If you're going to go to hell, go to hell by yourself. Go to hell by yourself. But don't try to take everybody with you. Why we can't turn on the TV and hear truth? Why is all abortion, 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 abortion? Kill the babies, kill the babies, kill the Verse 19, they know the truth <laughs> about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth, the sky. You know there's a God. You know he exists. Look at all he made. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So in the end, y'all, they will have no excuse for not knowing God. Come on, bringing this down to a close, but we gotta, we gotta, we gotta make it right. I gotta, I gotta. This is how the lost act. They suppress the truth, they hate it. Well, what will God do to people that act like this? Number one, He's gonna give them over to their sin. God always gonna give you what you want. Whether it's good or bad, He's gonna always give you what you want. But you gotta make sure you want it. <laughs> you better make sure that you want it. They want that sin. They want that darkness. They want it to be no truth. God said, okay, take it. Let me see how your country going to look. Let me see how your state going to look, how your city going to look, all these youngsters out here. Let me see how your marriage is going to look. Let me look at how your children, how your children going to look. Let me look at how your economy going to look. Let me look and see human trafficking. Let me look and see all this stuff that's going on, all the murders, mass murders. Let me look and see if there's no truth. And why you wonder why people running up in malls and killing everybody? Why not? Why not? There's no truth. You can't have it halfway. It's either truth or it's none. <laughs> Y'all listening to me, young generation? I'm pleading with you from my heart. They done lied to you. There is a God, and there is a God of truth. Look what he gonna give them. He gonna give them over to their sin. Watch this and tell me if this don't sound like where we are today. Romans 1.24. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worship and serve the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. This is the NLT version, so we can really get a grip of it. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have intercourse. I don't say that word too much. It's hard for me to even say it. 
Say it, Pastor. Even the women turn against the natural way to have sex and instead indulge in sex with each other. God said, I'm going to give you over. You don't want no truth? Lesbianism going to go crazy. All right? And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, because that's normal, they burn with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking. There's no truth, you're a fool. Because that statement is the truth. <laughs> he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder. Does that sound like our world today? Huh? Quarreling, just fussing with no end in sight. Republican, Democrat, right to life, right to choice, respond. I don't know. Just, they just fussing. That's all you hear, just quarreling with no end in sight. Deception, lies. Congressman saying this and saying that. You, you see the guy in the news lying to get in office. And they want to judge him, but they're all a pack of liars. Everybody lying. They lying on every resume. They catch him in the lie. They say, I thought your resume said you went to Harvard. Well, I went for my cousin graduation, I went. You can't believe nothing anymore. Nothing. Things not what they appear. They would say even a picture was worth a thousand words, but with filters and all kind of stuff, you can't even trust what you see anymore. With AI and all that stuff like that. It's an age of deception we living in. Why? God letting it happen. He giving them over to it. Watch this. Watch this. Not only that, malicious behavior. And gossip is going to rain. Ain't going to be no real friends. They are backstabbers. They are haters of God. Insolent means that's rude and lack of respect. You can't take them nowhere. They don't care if they're in the presence of a, of a millionaire, billionaire, a king, a queen. Them Negroes don't know how to act. There's no honor, no respect. No respect. Proud, boastful. They continually invent new ways of sinning. And the children, the children these days right here, them children in just generation, come on now, somebody got to tell me that the Bible is right. They do what? They disobey parents. You, man, I watch them parents. They got to tell them children a hundred times to do something. And the child turn around and tell them, you sit down. Okay, Johnny. Me and first lady look at that. All we do is this. 
But you know what I'm saying, Kip? Woo! Woo! I raised them by the Bible, baby. I raised them by the Bible, baby. They can all come up here and testify. It ain't coming from one way, it's coming from two ways. Mama and dad. I raised them by the Bible. Raise them by the truth. They don't raise them by the truth. Let me tell you, you make a better man when you raise a man by the truth. See that little boy right now? He's going to be a better man. A tough man. He ain't going to be, oh, no. He's going to be ready to raise a family. Ain't no shorts right here. Ain't no, ain't no, man, listen, man. Listen, <laughs> man. This is not going to be, look, God say the same. That's all, that's all, God spare. I'm going to do everything that I can. But I trust his word. I trust his word. And those that done did the word, even if, hallelujah, they go out for a little while, hey, when they get old, they're not going to what? Depart. Hey, come on now. Yeah. But they ain't got no truth. They ain't giving them no truth. Minister, it's nothing to, nothing to come back to. So they're going to be disobedient to their parents. They refuse to understand this generation. They break their promises. They are heartless. They're heartless. And they have no mercy. Shooting women and children out there in the moment. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them. Is that, is that not the world we live in? He gives them over to their lives. You know, God's going to deal with them, amen, in judgment. Hallelujah. If you can, take down 2 Thessalonians, amen, um, 2 and 9. Through 12, you can read that at your own time, 2 Thessalonians 2 9. And this just corroborates that God's gonna give them over. He's gonna send them strong delusion. We live in a day of strong delusion. Hallelujah. And he says that in his word, he says that, that hallelujah, he's gonna, he gonna send it uh, 210. If you could put it up 210, he's gonna send it, hallelujah, because, look, look at the, sec the, the bottom of it, he's gonna send the strong delusion. Because they receive not the love of the truth. You didn't want to receive the truth? You didn't love it? When God was telling you how to live, you didn't receive it? You didn't love it? Huh? You didn't, you didn't love it and receive it that you might be saved? Then be deceived. Be deceived. Be deceived. Verse 12, he's going to let them go. You're going to give them what they want, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth and had pleasure in unrighteousness. Go ahead and go. I'm going to give you what you want. But the people of God, we different. 
The people of God are different, and we winding down. The people of God are different. See, the people of God, we know the truth. And, and not all the time we live in, in complete truth, but we know it when we hear it. And when we hear it, we either, hallelujah, I'm doing something right, or, Lord, help me. Because <laughs> I need to get myself together. All right? But we ain't never, ever coming against the truth, y'all. That's not us. That's not us. It's not the people of God. And very rarely, it beat them Hebrews. I'm, 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 all right, let me, let me not. Because what's coming out of the atmosphere, that's Ashkenazi, that's Gentile stuff. They're going to go that way. Well, there's no truth, but we're going to come back to the truth. All right? And I love this text in, in 2 Chronicles, 2 Corinthians 13, 8, by the people of God. Look what it says. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. See, the real people of God, when we hear the truth, we throw our hands up. We can't do nothing against it. Even though we're not living it all the way, we look at it and we say, and you say, what you think about it? Well, there it is. <laughs> well, there it is. I got work to do. We can do nothing against the truth. Not only that, hallelujah, we value the truth. Proverbs 23, 23, buy the truth and sell it not, the Bible says. We want to have it. Huh? All right. Psalm, Psalm 19 and verse 10, this truth is more to be desired than, than gold. His truth is sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Yo, don't lie. We talk about some hard things this morning. But isn't it sweet to know that that's true? I don't know about y'all. It's just sweet to know that that's true. Huh? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last scripture, John 8, 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews, those Hebrews who believed on him, if you continue in my word, in my truth, then are you my disciples indeed. Don't claim to be a disciple if you're not continuing in truth. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set or make you free. Come on, give y'all some praise. Come on, give y'all some praise. Mm. Mm. So Pilate asked, what is true? What is true? And believe me, they got some great areas in there, yeah. They got some gray areas that's up for discussion on certain things. But some things are plain. And those things we can say, that is true. We got to get back to living in truth. You know, I'm going to do an altar call. And, um, as you come to the altar, bring the Lord's Supper to Elements of the Lord's Supper with you. We talked about a lot. And I've been real passionate in this sermon. I've tried not to be, but I can't help but to be passionate. 
Hallelujah. My ministry is a ministry of truth. You've heard the gospel. You've heard how to be saved. Admit and believe and confess. If you're here and you really want to be saved and you want to make sure that you're with God, I'm going to call and you're going to come up to this altar. We're going to pray. If you believe with all your heart, God's going to save you on the spot. Forgive all your sins that you've committed. And he's going to seal you with his Holy Spirit. He's going to redeem you, ransom you. And you're going to realize why we've been saying hallelujah. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's others in here. You already saved, but you have been under the assault of lies. Questioning your Bible, questioning God. You don't know what's up, what's down, what's right, what's wrong. But in this place, God has pointed you back to true north. He's rerouted you in this sermon. He's, he's brought you back to what you need to be doing and how you need to be living. And you want to come up and pray and give him glory for that and Tell him that you're not going back and that you're going to go forward with him. But if this sermon touched you in any of those ways or any other way, hallelujah. Ushers, if you'll open up the gates, you can come up now in Yahshua Jesus' name. Truth. <laughs> Love you, Dick. Love you, Dick. Truth. Truth. <laughs> Hallelujah. Truth. They say, what is truth? There is a truth out there. There is a truth out there. Whether we're doing it all or not, let's not try to change the truth. Let's just admit that there is truth and we got some work to do. <laughs> That's all we got to do with God. Saints, we're going to pray and I'm, I'm not going to keep you too long. But pray with me right now. Say, say most high, most high. Thank, you thank you for truth. For truth. I come to you. Admitting, Admitting that I failed. That I failed. I've, sinned. I've sinned. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But, I thank you but I thank you for sending your son, sending your son to, die for me. to die for me. I believe, I believe with, all my heart with all my heart that Jesus died. That Jesus died. He, was he was buried. He rose, he rose. for me. It might be against reason. It might be against logic. I probably can't figure it out. But I don't have to figure it out. I believe you. I have faith 
in you. It's not me that determines truth. You determine truth. And I believe your truth of the gospel. Save me. Forgive me. And use me for your glory. Please give me eyes to see where the world is lying to me. Give me discernment. Show me what's right and wrong. Help me to live in truth. In Jesus' name. Come on, give him some praise up in this place. Woo!